0: What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in to Beats Per Minute Podcast, where hip-hop, health, and heart are in sync. I am your host, Ms. Thursday, and I am here with my co-host, Taryn. And as promised, we are continuing our conversation about hip-hop and grief with Ms. Kyle Eustace. Now, I would like to give a disclaimer before the conversation. If you or anyone you know are dealing with grief, And this conversation is triggering for you. I want you to reach out. I want you to reach out to your family members. I want you to reach out to counselors. And if you need to, you can reach out to us. We understand that it can be very hard to have these type of conversations. But it's very important. You never get through what you're not willing to go through. So grief is as normal part of the life experience as happiness or joy. Learning how to grieve properly is the biggest thing. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this next episode.
1: Bring that beat back! Clap your hands, do the beat y'all. Clap your hands, do the beat y'all. That beat y'all.
0: to the mic is our dear friend and someone that I have just come to love and just um get to know just over the years um you know unfortunately we met after my brother passed but she's been so instrumental um in just um helping me like kind of move through this whole industry thing and just have a laugh now and then, and um, Mm -hmm. I just appreciate her. So um, I want to introduce you guys to my girl, Kyle Eustace. Mm -hmm.
2: So, What's up, Ada? You gonna make me cry in the first two seconds? No, no, podcast. I can do that. No, Later, later.
1: later.
2: <laughs> no, thank you so much for such a sweet introduction, and um, it's just been a pleasure to get to know you over the last few years. I am sad that that's how we connected, but yeah. you know what? In a way, it's like your brother is still bringing people together, and like he did with his music, and and that's a beautiful thing, right? So, Absolutely. yeah. So tell the people who you
0: are and what all you do, because you're so fabulous and all over the place. And uh, yeah, let them know what you do. Wow.
2: (laughs) Well, so okay. after six years at Hip Hop DX and Warner Music, I resigned in October and I took a position as the senior editor at Hits Magazine in L.A. And I have been freelancing for um, magazines like Thrasher Skateboarding Magazine since 2010, um, High Time since 2017, um, I'm with Rock the Bells, um, I contribute to Spin Magazine, and y'all, you heard it here first, I'm working on my first story for Rolling Stone right now, so that's Ooh, why what? i <laughs> That's,
1: that's <amazing>. why- <laughs>
2: Thank you. That's why I've been kind of busy today. I'm just trying to like knock it out and and wow them. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so I've just been at it for a really long time. Like prior to DX, I was the weekend editor at The Source and um you know, I write for Wax Poetics. I've just been doing this for a very long time. One of my Favorite, favorite jobs is working for Chuck D, of course, of Public Enemy, who I've been with for 12 years or something like that. We do like a little radio show together, and I'm putting together his website and I mean all sorts of stuff. So I'm just staying busy. <laughs>
0: always, always. Mm-hmm. I saw earlier a couple things, but I won't get into that because I'm gonna let you be able to <laughs> do your thing. Um, so On this first episode, we are starting it out with what does hip hop mean to us? Like what kind of made us get into hip hop? And I know you probably kind of told that story, but just, you know, briefly Mm -hmm. let the people know, like what brought you into the whole hip hop culture?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting being um, a white girl from Omaha, Nebraska, you know, like in the middle of America where it was really hard to get our hands on hip hop. Early on, um, I have Yo MTV Raps to thank for that. Um, I remember being a little kid, um, hearing crisscross Cross for the first time, A Tribe Called Quest with Busta Rhymes, um, and just kind of getting a different feeling than I got from other music. You know, it was really exciting. It was new. It was fresh. But it wasn't until I think I was in fourth grade um when my dad (laughs) who that he's a whole other topic but he's a musician as well right and he brought out um licensed ill by the beastie boys (laughs) i remember being like what is this all i remember is that it made my mom really mad and (laughs) then and i was like all right (laughs) maybe these guys are on to something um and i fell in love with the beats right away like the 808 the kick drums like all of that just really kind of enticed me as a kid and uh-huh. I think too like something about the irreverence like I went to Catholic school my whole life <laughs> and, I liked, mm-hmm, and I liked and I liked when people broke the, the rules and you know like didn't follow like what you're supposed to do in life and um so I think <laughs> the Beastie Boys being kind of like they're themselves um kind of attracted that you know me to that as well and so then um after that i started getting into like tone loke (laughs) young mc and um rendy mc so that was really like my early introduction and then from there i mean i've always liked all kinds of music because of my father so he got me into everything i mean you name it like the clash um the specials like oh, you know ska music from England um, all kinds of things so I kind of had this really wide uh net that I was casting and just getting into everything but hip-hop yeah. was like this is for us you know like yeah. this is for our generation us kids and um it was just exciting same with punk rock so it was like kind of like hip-hop and punk rock kind of at the same time
0: yeah that's true that's mm-hmm. true yeah and so for me I realized that even though I was kind of always exposed to hip hop with the first generation because of my brother, it was Roxanne Shante and UTFO and that whole group that really became like, when I'm like, oh wait, this is different. And Eric B.M. and Rakim was it for me, mm-hmm. you know, when, Eric B for President came out, that's when I became a hip-hop fan. It was no longer, this is the music I'm hearing, but this is, like, the music that I want to hear. You know? And so that's when it changed for me. What about you, Tara?
2: You know, we raised you well. (laughs) 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 I was gonna say, being your daughter. (laughs) Listen. I was gonna say (laughs) that.
1: No, that would be, I would say that it was between you and my dad. Just cause, like, Okay, so I would say one of the earliest songs I remember mm-hmm. is like, that's the me part too, right? Mm. So that's baby in head, right. right? And so then it became a thing where like, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it became a thing where it was just like, I noticed that the older I would go, it would become a thing where people would be like, what you know about this? And I'd be like, I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know you, about you. you put them in their place uh-huh. oh, listen, this
1: is
0: the child that was like one and her and my best friend would be like belt in that thing like every time we was in the car together and she <laughs> like in her you know car seat just rocking back here to anything that's so and, cute. you know and at that point in time that's when like nori had put out his single project so, like, I was constantly listening to Super Thug, like, everywhere.
1: <laughs> Back here, just dancing to it.
2: <laughs> dancing to Super that Thug. Dance, you know? Yeah, you
1: know.
2: Oh, my God. I love it. So, it really, a- really, it is, like, it's through the parents, right? And I feel like, you know, I was literally just on the phone, well, on a Zoom with DJ Jazzy Jeff. And I <laughs> asked him, like, where did this start for you? And it was absolutely in the home. You know, he had five siblings and he was the youngest and then his dad would play one kind of music his other brother would play another kind of music and that's really where you start to form your musical taste you know yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that was that was actually even my story you know my mom was the church
0: musician so we of course was exposed to a lot of gospel mm-hmm. um my oldest sister was into the more contemporary gospel which at that time was like the andre pouches the clark sisters um you know that level of music and then my other brother him and his girlfriend listened to you know like what was on the radio the you mm-hmm. know the little older r&b and then what was kind of coming out so like i was like you know, really in love with like you know the Angela Bullfields and Melissa Morgan and stuff like that. And then, of course, Collins was you know in the hip hop. And yeah. then my grandma was like heavy into country music.
1: <laughs> like she <laughs> loved country
0: music. So we're sitting it. there, and we're watching all of the you know, like Oak Ridge Boys specials and um,
1: <laughs> I can't remember the that's, sisters that- That's but,
2: better you know, than my grandma. She liked like Lawrence Welk. Do you remember well, like- see, the- my mom,
0: when she wasn't playing gospel, she was like heavy into like what you would consider to be the elevator music. So <laughs> I have a, a deep appreciation for like Billy Joe and people like that, <laughs> like that, <laughs> I, you know. Yeah, I was trying to actually, I was supposed to have went to like a tribute- band concert for the Bee Gees I was so excited about it and it didn't work out
1: but anyway
2: (laughs) that is hilarious and you know what's interesting too is like just thinking back to different households like when I was at my grandma's house there was the oldie station was always on there was never a moment where it was just like silent like in the same with my house like my parents house my dad was always playing music so the, there there's always something and i'll be walking in the grocery store and like some random song will come on i'm like how do i know the words to all of this like i don't listen to this shit any, but, it's, yeah, <laughs> but it's like somewhere some you know lo- somewhere i got exposed to it mm-hmm. and it just sat in my brain like i feel like most of my brain is song lyrics at this point <laughs>
0: And it's, it's really interesting because, yeah, it's like you might not have heard a song for years and then mm-hmm. something will remind you, the beat, it comes on and like you're singing like lyric from lyric, like you've been, you know, listening to it like every day. So one of the things I I was telling the girls was that I have noticed over the years since Colin's passed that you have really taken on the responsibility of making sure that the artists that have passed away are honored in such a way. And it's not just some like little quick, you know, blurb. You know, your information is always factual. Um, You know, different times you reached out to the family like myself to make sure that, you know, um, we had a say and that will forever, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for that because a lot of times I, I believe when artists pass away, the family may not be known. And so the family may like that, which, you know, I never had a problem with, but when you see, you know, different people wanting to give their, you know, respects and their, you know, condolences, and usually they'll find someone to give it to. Mm-hmm. And so when people started realizing like, oh yeah, these are, you know, this is his sister. um like so many people started hitting me up, you know, DM me in, um, sending me messages that, you know, just you know, your brother was this, you know, he used to be this, you know, all these different things. And that meant a lot. So, you know, as a, you know, an artist um, family member, I, I really want to thank you for just the care and the concern and just the um, the way that you handle, you know, telling their stories with grace is so appreciative. Do you feel like you have become that for hip hop, like that you become the voice of the voiceless in a lot of ways? And also that you feel like you've taken on the responsibility of making sure that when the artists are passed, you know, have passed away, mm-hmm. that you're um making sure that the world knows it and that they're not forgotten.
2: Yeah, I mean... Until you really pointed it out, I didn't really think about that. And I think you're absolutely right. Like people come to me when people pass away. You know, I broke the story about um Trugoy passing away recently. Um, I broke the story about DJ K Slay passing away. And then just recently, Bill Adler, who was with Def Jam, Def Jam's first publicist, reached out to me and said, Hey, look, um, This photographer Butch Green just passed away. He shot the first Run DMC album cover. Nobody's gonna give him any attention. Will you do this? And I ended up speaking to Rev Run and to Bill and to some other people about his passing. And I ended up writing an obituary for Rock the Bells. And um, I think it's just so important to give people their flowers both now and when they pass away. And I think that um, I really. Care deeply about the pioneers of this culture getting their just due, because I think one of the most blatant examples of someone almost being forgotten in a way and, I, and I, is Jimmy Spicer. And when yeah. Jimmy Spicer passed away, I had been helping him with his GoFundMe. Um, He was battling cancer. He didn't have money to even pay for. And here is this guy who is a pioneer of this culture and couldn't afford to get medical care. And that's when it started to really hit me that like, we need to do something about this and I want to make sure that I'm vocal about it. And, you know, I do hope that Swiss Beats like lives up to his promise of creating this fund for, you know, pioneers of hip hop that, you know, that need help with health care or their bills or whatever it is. Um, I think we need to see something like that happen sooner than later. So we don't have to keep writing these obituaries, you know, like so often.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's exactly the reason why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, desire to help other artists not be in my brother's position is why I wanted to start this podcast, why it's called what it's called and why we'll tackle what we're tackling because I want to bring, you know, some health literacy and health equity and and just be able to even collaborate with those that are trying to do something. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of what, you know, Chuck and KRS-One and MC Light and all of them are doing with the Hip Hop Alliance. Mm -hmm. And I want to see more people talking about it. Um, Because it's so important, you know, it it really is sad when someone who has completely created like the backdrop to our lives sometimes, you know, um, you then have to see that family do a GoFundMe or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And, you know, and immediately when someone passes away, the first thing that all the radio stations start playing the music that doesn't benefit the family, you know, it doesn't benefit the family, it might make us feel good, but it doesn't benefit us, because we'll never see anything from that, yeah. and I I, I was so sad, because we talked about this, you know, when Dave passed away, like, it was like, uh, you know, like, that was, you know, De La Soul was, like, major for me, you mm-hmm. know, growing up, like, they were so different, the whole Native Tongues, that whole situation was just like, you know, a breath of fresh air for me. And it was just cool to see people just be themselves. And I was so excited when I saw that they, you know, have won and that, you know, they were about to be able to
2: start Mm. streaming. And
0: then this happened and I'm like, God, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that's just, you know, it's it's just. Let me tell
2: you. I've been covering that story since 2019 and um, Maceo and we've had so many conversations about Tommy boy and I've done so many stories about it, been so vocal about getting their catalog back. And then when this happened, when they finally did, they asked me to write their bio at the top of the year. Like I could not have been more honored. Right. I was so excited. 16 days before Dave died, I interviewed him. Yeah. 16 days and it had been the first time we talked in, a, in years we had such an amazing conversation about grief because as you know you know we've experienced it yeah. um with my mother and um he had lost his mother his father his brother his cousin i mean just so much grief and they talk about it on their last album the song here and after with mm-hmm. um yeah. Gorillas. yeah and we really talked about that song So I'm skiing on February 12th at Winter Park, I believe, Colorado. I'm just get done. I'm going to sit down, drink some coffee, like chill. And I get the call. And it was a rumor at this point. And I was like, no, like this can't be true. Call up the manager right away. He doesn't answer. Go straight to voicemail. I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Call again, straight to voicemail he gets, he called, he texts me back and he said, I'm going to call you. And I said, tell me, is it true? And he's like, what did you hear? I said, I heard this silence. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man. So minutes go by. I'm like, so anxious. I'm sitting here staring at my phone and sure enough, it's true. And so I'm literally driving. (laughs) My husband's driving. I'm driving down this mountain typing away trying to get the story out there devastated because i know that in just a few short days their catalog is going up right Right. and dave's not going to be there to see it i mean i don't know what kind of sick joke that is but it just felt like the most cruel timing to me and um again i want him to be a, a person who gets his just do. I want people to know what a special person he is and, um, and what he did for the culture. And I mean, obviously people know you saw the outpouring of love, but like, I cannot believe it. Yeah. I actually, you know,
0: sometimes have a different thought process, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like he had did his part. Mm -hmm. And then it was time for him to go, but Mm -hmm. he did what he needed to do for his brothers to get Mm -hmm. what they needed to get while they were here. And let me tell you, like, I don't know if he saw them on um, what was it? Jimmy Fallon.
2: I set my alarm. I was like, I'm going to be watching this when it happens. And yeah, I cried. I mean, I cried and I could see it's interesting because I said to my husband, I said, quest love looks so sad right now and it was like right before they kind of put the camera back on him at the very very end but then he like put on a smile Mm -hmm. and then sure enough the next day did I don't know if you saw his post but he was saying I cried like a baby and I was like I knew it because it was so moving and so sad and so emotional but um it's interesting you said that because I was told that my mother's soul contract was up and that like, no matter what we would have done, that she was going to die one way or another at that time, it was just her time. And, um, it's interesting that you say that. So like, maybe that's right. Maybe Dave was there to help them get to where they needed to go. And then they completed the mission and and he could go because he'd been sick for a long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I know that for, our situation and what Mm. i've just come to accept about um you know my brother passing i don't think a contract was up but i think that he was ready Mm. i think that he was ready and i think that he was in a space in his life that he he was ready to go you know um he had Definitely, which, you know, of course, as my brother, we all have experienced a lot of loss in our family. Um, But I I just believe that where he was at spiritually, where he was at mentally, Mm -hmm. emotionally, he was, you know, he was tired and I think he was ready to go. You know, Mm -hmm. and I, I realized that the older I get and the more people pass, the more you feel like your loved ones are on the other side versus this side and you really get to, you know, Mister, them you know and mm-hmm. so I think that you know we'll never know till we're over there but I definitely feel like you know in that situation that's what kind of helped me kind of it was like he did what he needed to do to get them to that space and now that that part that fight was over he had mm-hmm. did this part
2: maybe this is what this podcast is for right now is to show that it's okay to talk about grief it's okay to talk about death and i know like especially in hip-hop like men especially are expected to be these very strong very you know like we don't show emotion type but you know what i saw a lot of tears being shed
1: Mm -hmm. over
2: dave's passing and and it's it's okay it's a beautiful thing and i think grief should be discussed more You know, with, and you know what I, we had those little grief groups and those were so invaluable at that time, you know, like, I didn't know who else to talk to. I was freaking out. Yeah. And when you're going through grief,
0: you know, a lot of people want to push you past, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and with good intention, but until you go through it, you'll never get through it.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I am on the other side of the worst of it but there's still going to be days you know um we're doing this right now and you know and in you know a couple of days or whatever we'll be going live on you know Colin's birthday you know I never know how I'm going to feel when it comes just like I don't ever know how I feel when Mother's Day or my mom's birthday comes up you know, sometimes some years are good because something makes me feel, you know, just grateful that they was in my life. And then some days I'm like, you know, um, just like even with Collins, like sometimes I don't scroll a lot on social media because sometimes there's going to be a post that I'm not expecting and I don't know how I'm going to react to it mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like oh man that's cool that you know somebody was thinking of him or yeah. thinking of whatever and then sometimes it's like you know I just shut down you know I'm
2: like I'm like that with music too yeah, yeah. like if you hear a certain song you're just like I'll have to skip it because I know what it's going to do to me mm-hmm. and it's interesting because just today I was talking about how Right around this time is when we started to figure out my mom was sick. And so from like, and then she was admitted to the hospital March 29th. So from March 29th to May 11th, you know, when she died, like, this is such a weird time. And it's like, my body's like remembering that. And like, anytime I can just be triggered and just cry. (laughs) And I think that
0: sometimes we don't see it as it's happening. It takes Us a minute to process. And when we're looking back, that's when we recognize it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I know that for me, I noticed that from the time we had came to visit in June to the time that he passed, he he was kind of almost like like looking back, I felt he was starting to distance himself from Mm me. Mm -hmm. Like we used to talk a lot. Uh, We used to, um, because he had started working like a job at night. So I would call him while I was at work at night to make sure mm-hmm. he would pull cool up, you know, that type of stuff and mess with him. And I started noticing just like a little bit of pullback. And mm-hmm. um, and I just feel like it's weird whenever we look back at um when certain people pass and we think about that time around it, we'll notice little things where mm-hmm. like, it was like they're almost preparing us to be here without them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the last times, my, well, the last time my mother came here to Colorado to visit me, it was February, 2019. And uh, I knew something was wrong. I just knew something was horribly wrong. And we went to Boulder. She wouldn't get out of the car. She wouldn't like engage with us. I was holding her hand at one point in the back seat. And for the first time she felt like fragile to me. And this is a very strong woman. I got, I got, my personality from this woman i i feel her but she's so far away she's right next to me but she feels so far away and i knew something was wrong and then right around this time four years ago i had a root canal my first root canal and i was all nervous about it and my mom didn't check on me which is like not normal and i was like something's up That was another sign. All of a sudden she was at home napping during the day. My mom's like a powerhouse career woman publicist on TV, on freaking radio all the time. She's sleeping in the middle of the day. Like what, what the hell is going on here? And then, um, I guess one of the last things she said to my dad before she went into the hospital, she said, um, I don't want to go in there. They're not going to let me go. And she was right.
0: Yeah.
2: It's like she knew. Yeah. yeah. You know? So. And,
0: um, it's it's hard, you know, because I think that we start going through so many different emotions
2: mm-hmm.
0: because then we're like, we should have, could have, would have, you know, all that stuff and we can't. And I know that's what you're doing to yourself right now. Like, it's for... Certain things are, are shown to certain people because the thing that used to wreck me was... At the time that Countless passed, I was working night shift. I had just stopped, you know, um, the RM program I was in had just completed, but we were still studying, getting ready for our boards. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really on Facebook like that in the morning to notice that he hadn't posted.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: when I'm talking to Van Silk and Rahim from the Furious Five and Rick Milan and all these people... And they're like, we knew something was wrong because he had not posted. And I'm like, wow. I'm his sister and I didn't know that. Wow. You know, like, I'm just going through life, like everything's okay. And then I get the call, but everybody else knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I had to really kind of go through yeah, my thoughts and my feelings about that. And was like, it's good that I didn't because I would have never... I would have never made it. If mm-hmm. you know, I, it, it it would have wrecked me, you know, just even the thought that something was wrong.
2: Can I ask you guys something too? I mean, being related to somebody who is a hip hop legend, I mean, obviously he'll start the ghetto boys. Um, everybody knows him as DJ Ready Red, right? right. <laughs> but you guys know, you know him as Collins, you know? So, like, how is it when people come up to you and they're Like, you know, they don't know him. They're just like fans or whatever, but they're like, we miss him. You're like, you miss him. I honestly, because my
0: brother was so big, like literally and figuratively, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: he was such a big personality, a big guy, whatever, that even outside of hip hop, he was that person.
1: People so when him. people,
0: yeah, when people were messaging me, like, I can't even tell you how many people I had to console over the phone. Like you were talking about men crying, like grown men was calling me boo-hooing on the phone when he cro- when he died because they was like, you don't know. Like I haven't seen him in this long, but we talked every day and I'm, I was sitting there like, how does he have time to talk to all these people? <laughs> Like all the rest are basically makes sense, but you know Mm -hmm. my brother has real friends that he's never met in real life. You know, there's a a young guy on Facebook that he met on MySpace years ago, and you could not tell me that this was not like his little brother because (laughs) that's the type of relationship they have. Shout out to Roderick. this is his personality, you know. So I. It's like yeah, as a little sister, I'm like, no, you can't miss him like I miss him. <laughs> but he was so many things to so many people that you know, I'm I'm grateful and I'm thankful that we got to share him mm-hmm. with the world, the world, um, and that they got to really see who he was, you know, did, beyond the ghetto boys. Too. Did
2: you ever realize, like, when when your uncle was, like famous, did you remember like picking up up on that ever? <laughs> The
1: moment that I think they realized it, because... No, I'm, I'm okay, oh, you were. Okay. Well, go ahead, Cindy. No, I did not. Like, of course, like, one of the things I remember is just, like, I don't know, every year we would get these birthday posts, right? Mm-hmm. And we would be on his Facebook and we would be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Friends requests for people who have no idea, like, these people are they love him, so they're gonna try to be friends with us. And I'm like, I love these people. <laughs> like so they're trying to get to you through like yes. association. Oh and, like, man, what people don't realize is like he's very like overprotective. So oh, yeah. he would be like, "Who's trying to add my mood? Who is trying to add my mood? <laughs> Good. Never like I never like DJ Ready Red is like a different thing that. I've ever seen because mm-hmm. it was always Uncle Collins Uncle Collins, always the uncle who would call us and he would do his Michael Jackson voice or <laughs> he would
0: call <laughs> us and he was so good at it It's, it's
1: it what was I,
0: do you have that on video do you have a I recording of that I did because he I oh did and he could go through multiple yeah. personalities <laughs> within one thing Yes, that's so so awesome. (laughs) He
1: could
0: do, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. his Bruce Lee, like, you know, it was, and of course he was great at doing dark theater and different people, but yeah, he could flow through it, you know. If he had never Um, gotten hip hop, he could have easily did something in Hollywood, um, like making sound
2: like a voiceover actor or something. Yeah. So, Kyle, let me ask you this
1: with becoming this person who does take on the responsibility to make sure these stories are told how does that take a toll on you because I know that's a big emotional load to carry
2: yeah I, I mean that's a really good point and I don't think that it really kind of sank in until true I mean to be honest because what was weird about it is that I literally just talked to him you know and then he had all this stuff coming up this year was going to be so huge for day law. And then all of a sudden he's just gone. And it was just like, God, and I keep getting very close to these, some of these people. And, and I know that as time goes on, I'm going to start losing a lot of them. And it's, I've lost some really good friends already. Like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of black delicious before, but they're based in the Bay area, and Gift of Gab was like one of my best friends. I know um, he had, um, he was on dialysis for like seven years waiting for a new kidney, right? He finally gets a kidney and then COVID hits. And then all of a sudden he's dead, like just gone. And that one was really tough. And then my other friend, Wake Self, he did a lot of songs with um, gift of Gab Zumbi from Zion. who's also gone by the way um, he was killed in a, in a drunk driving accident. And then it was just like one after the other. Mm-hmm. And um, I see a therapist <laughs> for this. Like I had to start going to grief counseling mm-hmm. and I had, I had to start really dissecting these things in therapy because I, I don't know about you guys, but after my mom died, like for the first six months, I was so angry and I did not expect that. I didn't expect to basically turn into like a different person. I didn't even recognize myself. I was so mad and I had nobody or so I thought to talk to. Like I was starting to bottle it all up and I was like, okay, I need to take action because this isn't me. And so that's kind of when I started doing the groups. I started Mm -hmm. seeing the grief, grief counselor. And, um, I started seeing my therapist really heavily, um, with true guy, for some reason, like (laughs) he's not that much older than me, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it's starting to hit me. Like I just started blood pressure medication (laughs) the other day. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Like I'm in my forties. Like how did this happen, right? (laughs) And it's kind of the first time I'm really kind of grappling with my mortality and like getting older and it's a little tough right now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. No, that is
0: exactly why I wanted to do this. I wanted to be able to speak to those who are going through um, you know, maybe health issues or just prevent somebody from having to go through them because mm-hmm. over the last few years the um, the average like age for so many people from our generation and from you know the hip-hop community has been in the 50s. That's crazy That's you terrifying
1: know? it's it's yeah.
0: Extremely terrifying. Mm-hmm. I am forty-seven, and I think mm-hmm. about the fact that, like, I cannot imagine not being here in ten years. I and know that's just crazy to me.
2: And so, do you think it's interesting too that, like, I mean, for me, my grandparents lived until their nineties, like, right. well into their nineties. What right. is going on with this generation that we're dying in our fifties?
0: Well, you know, I would be very interested to see. Because just like you were saying about your friend, you Mm -hmm. know, was on dialysis, gets a new kidney, COVID hits, now he's born. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, We are still so early into COVID. And Mm -hmm. I feel like COVID was handled not poorly, Mm -hmm. definitely poorly. (laughs) Because I don't feel like um, it became so spiritual, so political, that nobody really stopped to take the time to say, okay, this is serious. We need to like get a grasp on this and figure Mm -hmm. out what's really going on. So if you have something that can cause blood clotting, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to really accept that that's what COVID was doing for a lot of people. And you have someone who has just either recently received a new organ, one of the things that they have to do is they have to take anti-rejection meds for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And And so clotting is not going to be good for that new organ because it's going to cause issues. And so it will be interesting over maybe the next five years as, you know, um, the dedicated medical professionals that really want to figure out what this did to people Mm-hmm. what the you know the different articles and different studies that come out from it because it's still just so much that doesn't make sense you know and I
2: think so too well and I think too and and this could be a part of it and you know we'll we'll wrap up soon with this but like I didn't exactly pay the best attention to my health and like what was going on and I think so many people kind of live that way like oh out of sight out of mind Mm -hmm. Um, this is really like, (laughs) I just got all my blood work looking good guys. That's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, you know, I'm slightly low on vitamin D, but a lot of people are, so I'm taking supplements, whatever, whatever. But I think it's really important to start getting checked early. Mm -hmm. And I know like, had my mom been more on top of it, she would still be here. Like, I firmly believe that, you know? Okay. So just,
1: my last question is how do you show up for yourself? Like in your own personal life, how do you feel like you show up for yourself?
2: Well, on this new journey of discovery, <laughs> 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 I have um, gotten myself a nutritionist, a personal trainer. I box four to five times a week. Woo-hoo. Um, Yeah, I bike like, hours uh, outside cuz i love biking outside. Um i try to journal every day, the nutritionist and therapy of course, but the nutritionist part is something i never expected to be so incredibly effective. Like i thought i was going in there and she's going to be like, "All right, you need to eat this many vegetables and this many fruits." No, 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 no. It's like a whole other thing where she's helping me with the thinking around food, body image, you know, things that women go through where in society, you know, you're expected to look a certain way, but maybe you don't look that way. So you struggle, you know, and she's helped me so much and that has been invaluable. Like this is something I've needed to confront for the last 40 years and I've been scared to do so. And so, yeah, I mean, taking take getting my blood work. Like I did it and I got the results and I read them. <laughs> I'm going to my doctor. Like, I mean, I'm finally hearing a little bit more about myself and you know, this is a whole other topic, but I mean, I'll tell you, you know, I got sober in 2006 Mm -hmm. prior to that, I was a shit show (laughs) and I did a lot of drinking. I did a lot of drugs and I am lucky I'm alive and I had my gallbladder out in 06 as a result um, I almost died and I don't take anything for granted anymore. And so I'm really trying to just be the best version of myself at this point while also caring for others. And, um, I deeply care about you, Ada, and I'm getting to care about you because you're awesome already. (laughs) (laughs) And I love you and I want to like hug you. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I want to be there for the people who are there for me. And, um, I want to make it okay to talk about these things. I want to make it okay to talk about addiction. I want to make it okay to talk about mental health, mm-hmm. grief, death, everything that we're experiencing. None of it should be off the table. And um, None of it's off the table here. So but, anytime
0: you want to have a conversation. Yeah, we need to get that. those BPMs in. <laughs> <laughs> I so appreciate you and you know that the love goes both ways and you know it's been so awesome getting to know you and just Mm -hmm. being a part of your life and watching all (laughs) the awesome things that you do and you know and just the random like you know we could be texting but then you're like oh yeah today I interviewed Ice-T or I'm like like like, what but this is my homie You know what I mean?
2: It's just my life, girl. It's just my life. It's a day of the life. It's beautiful.
1: It's beautiful.
0: (laughs) But before I let you go, please Mm -hmm. tell people how they can get in contact with you, how they can follow you, how they can support what you're doing all the good
2: stuff. Okay. Well, this is kind of ridiculous, but I am not verified on Instagram and I don't know why. So (laughs) my, (laughs) my handle is at the real Kyle Eustace because I have about 11 imposters that like to (laughs) ask rappers for money in my name. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. mm -hmm, It's great. So, and Instagram won't do anything about it. Shout out Instagram. Do something. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the preferred way, I guess, um, to get in touch with me. Um, I have over 12,000 articles on HipHopDX.com. Okay. I am currently on dot <laughs> mm-hmm. HitsDailyDouble.com. I mean, you can find me everywhere, like, where music is sold. No, just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, yeah. <laughs> Dropping some beats. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that's it. That's me. <laughs> well Kyle thank you
0: again for you know just giving up your time for giving up your talents for all that you do for hip-hop for all that you do for me
1: of
2: course and
0: so just so appreciate you and i um, thought?
2: I'm so glad that we have this first show with you I know me too like I'm honored and <laughs> It's gonna be cool. We can like look back on this in, in several years and be like, I was the first guest.
0: Yes. Cause you know, <laughs> I need to go back and find when you do your, you know, like Kyle's greatest like interviews. I'm <laughs> on the list. I need that
1: in my you life. Are, it out, yeah,
2: you know oh, that, yeah. Oh, that I mean, I'll never forget it. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for tuning
0: in to Beats Per Minute Podcast, where hip hop health and heart are in sync. To continue the conversation and receive updates on our next episode, follow us on all social media platforms at beatsperminute.pod.
1: Hello, little sister. How are you? Very proud of you and your accomplishments. Uh, love you. Take care.